We're going to talk today uh, about walking deeper this year uh, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. And sometimes it's good just to stop and just think, uh, what would this year look like in your life if you just decided to go deeper in Jesus? Uh, what would your uh, life look like this year if you decided to really spend time listening to God and the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead you? Uh, what would your relationships look like if you uh, were constantly checking in and constantly praying and just uh, asking the Holy Spirit to move in your relationships? What would your relationships look like? Uh, what would your joy levels or your strength levels look like if you uh, walked each day out of your home in the power of the Holy Spirit? Because the reality is this is God's will for you. Uh, God wants your life to be saturated in God. He wants your life to be saturated and overflowing in the Holy Spirit. This isn't just something that God wills for some. Uh, this isn't something that God just looks at a few people and says, yeah, I really want to bless you, but not those other people over there. I mean, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, he wants to do amazing things in your life this year. And I hope you're up to the challenge because uh, God's wanting to do this in your life. Now, I'm going to use uh, John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, uh, Jesus goes to the festival uh, of booths, or the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, it was called. And this was uh, where the Israelites took seven days, and they bas basically all went camping. They would build little booths all around Israel and in the hills, and it was a time where they remembered how God was faithful in providing for them through the 40 years in the wilderness. And as part of this uh, festival, every day, they did this little water ceremony where the priests would take a golden pitcher, and they would go down to the spring that went into the, the pool of Siloam, and they would fill it up, and there would be hundreds, if not thousands of people surrounding, playing trumpets and singing and giving thanks to the Lord as the priests took this pitcher of water, and they'd take it from the pool, and they'd do this big procession all the way up to the temple, and they would dump it out on the altar, and this was this big event that happened every day. And as they did this, they would read a couple of scriptures in, in remembrance of this. Uh, and this, this idea was uh, uh, of this prophecy of this coming time when water would flow out of the temple. Ezekiel 47 says, I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. And Zechariah 14 says, On that day, living water will flow from out from Jerusalem, half of it to the uh, Dead Sea and half of it to the west of the Mediterranean Sea in summer and winter. And they saw this as a time when this living water would flow from the temple and there would be this restoration where everybody would be blessed and, and this water would restore everything. And so they did this ceremony looking forward to this time of restoration, this time of blessing where this living water would flow out. And so every day they would do this little pitcher thing. And on the last day, which was the, the height of the festival, they did this water ceremony thing. Uh, seven times they would do this. Seven times they would go fill it up and trumpets and blasting and songs. They'd carry it to the temple and dump it out. They would do that seven times. Now, with that in, in the background, it actually makes, uh, gives a little context to what Jesus does here on the last day of the festival. So again, as the priests were doing this water ceremony seven times, looking forward to this day of refreshing where living water would flow from the temple, it says this. 
On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit from whom uh, those whom believed in him were later to receive. Now what Jesus does here is absolutely crazy. Uh, because everybody was thinking that one day this living water is going to flow from the physical temple and, and everything is going to be restored. And they're looking forward to this day. And Jesus stands up and says, it's me. I am the one whom the living water is going to flow. And if you believe in me and receive the Holy Spirit, this is going to be a reality in your life. Now, this is one of the reasons why you can't just look at Jesus as just a good person. Because either... He's saying this is true, or he is absolutely crazy and out of his, his nut, right? It's just, just crazy. He's nutty. Uh, you can't just look at Jesus and say he was a good person, or he was a nice guy, or just kind of a, a good prophet. He's either who he says he is, or he's crazy, because to say this would be crazy unless it's actually true. And we know this is true. And the reality is, from your life, Jesus is saying, you can have rivers of living water that flow from within you. Now, I don't know how your last year went, uh, but could you say generally, uh, even through difficult times, uh, generally I felt like there was just this supernatural power working in and through me, that there was just rivers of living water flowing out of me. I mean, was that you this last year? Now, I'll confess, that, that wasn't me the whole year. There are times when I was like, wow, this, this is amazing. There are times it was just a trickle. And sometimes the tap got shut off a little bit. Uh, but how about you? I mean, were there just streams of living water? Was it kind of a kinked hose? Was it dribbling? Was, was there nothing? Now, again, you got to say, was Jesus being serious about this? Uh, was he just kind of, you know, giving us all like a, you know, you know, a bait and hook and not actually, this is not actually true. But this is, uh, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers, not a stream, not a trickle, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those whom believed in him were later to receive. And so this is not something talking about the new heavens and the earth. Well, one day when I get to heaven, I'll have living waters. He's saying now. This can be a reality now in your life. And again, this is God's will for you this year. And at all times would be that no matter what you're going through, even though there's tears falling from your face because it's a difficult day or a, a difficult time, there's just there's rivers of living life just flowing from your being as you're able to love God and love others. This is what he wants from us. In John 15, 11, uh, there are a lot of promises like this, by the way, uh, for current reality. John 15, 11, uh, Jesus said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And again, he's not talking about like some future time in heaven. He's talking about now as his followers. That in Jesus, there is a place, not only where there's streams of living water, but as part of there's a place where our joy should be complete. Now, how was your joy this last year? Uh, there is this 
life of living water in Jesus, this unstoppable joy that he wants us to have. Or John 10, uh, I've come that they may have life and life uh, to the full. And yeah, of course, it's talking about eternity, but also talking about now. Again, did you feel like you had the fullness of life this year? Uh, or John 8, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Did you, did you feel free? Did your soul just feel free this year? Um, a couple more, uh, Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Or Galatians 5, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, uh, were these things flowing from your life this year? Was joy, was, was freedom, was just this beautiful rest over your soul flowing from your life this year? And probably all of us could say, I could use more of that. I know I could say that. And this is the beautiful thing about Jesus, is that you can never get to the, the fullness of him. Uh, you can't ever say, well, I've arrived at the fullness of God in my life. I mean, you can always go. That's why we as, as followers of Jesus should never get bored. Why well, you can never say, you know, I, I've seen all there is that he has to offer me, and it's just not a lot. I mean, there, there is always more. We can always go deeper in him. There always can be more living water. There can always be more joy. It can be more of the fruits of the Spirit at work in our lives. In fact, the very, very passage that they would read through this water ceremony, and Jesus said, this is all about me, talks about going deeper into him, deeper into the living water he brings. And this was the passage they would read, Ezekiel 47. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me, this is a vision that Ezekiel is having, he then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And he led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through Water that was up to the waist. And, and the question is, how deep in the waters of the Holy Spirit are you walking? Are you just kind of dipping your toe in? in or, or are you up to your ankle? Are you up to your, to your waist? Just allowing the water of the Holy Spirit to wash through you each and every day. And this, this is inviting you to go deeper into what he has to offer. In fact, you can go real deep because it says, he measured off another thousand, but, uh, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. And I tell you, uh, God has so much for us that it's a river that we can never, ever cross, and he's constantly calling us deeper. Would you come deeper into the water this year? Would you surrender more? Would you live more closely to me? Would you listen to me more in a deep way? Would you uh, just give your heart and open your heart in a deeper way this year? He's inviting you deeper. Now, again, what would your life look like this year 
Say if this year, like, you know, I was maybe ankle deep this year. What, what would it look like if you went up to your knees or to your waist or even just jumped right in and just started swimming in what God would have to offer you this year? How would that change your life and your relationships? Because it will radically change you. Because the deeper you go in God, the more of the living water, and that living water is always there to bless others and to bless your soul. He's calling us deeper. We see lots of passages where he's inviting us into this deeper relationship. John 15, uh, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears new, no uh, fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, this is God's will. He said, I want to bear much fruit uh, through you. I want to answer your prayers. <laughs> but remain in me. Walk closely with me. In fact, 15 times in this passage, Jesus says, remain, 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 just be close, just walk deeply in me and watch what I do. And so I hope that we don't only go deeper into the waters, but we uh, live more connected to the vine. That our nourishment comes from the vine in our, in our relationship with Christ. Or here's an invitation from Isaiah 55. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And this is invitation that he's always throwing out to us. And again, this is not just for a few. Again, Jesus said on the day, if anyone thirsts, if anyone, and in context, uh, the religious Pharisees and the temple guards were trying to arrest him at, at that moment in John chapter 7. He's saying that to his enemies. If anyone thirsts, come to me and drink and streams of living water will flow from within you. This is an invitation for all of us to, to walk deeper in what God has for us. Now, a deep walk with Jesus is, is not automatic. Now, this, the gift of salvation is a free gift. Uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit is, is a free gift. But to walk deep uh, does take effort on our part, to walk in a deeper way. James 4.8 says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. In other words, there are some things in the Bible which are uh, conditional promises. In other words, we have to do something for it to happen. And this is one of those things. That if you want to have a keen sense of God's presence, if you want to have 
deeper gushes of living water, then draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Remain in him and he's going to bear much fruit uh, through you. And we see this throughout the scripture that, uh, and we just know this from general life. I mean, you run into people at times, you're like, why does that person seem to have such an amazing relationship with God? Why does that person, like, just seems they can hear God and they always have a story of what God is doing and always have an answered prayers? Like, we know people like that. Uh, there are certain people who are, just seem to be more hungry for God and they draw near to God and, and, and they just see God work more in their lives. And we see ideas of this like in Acts chapter 7. Uh, the apostles writing to this church say this. Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. In other words, if everybody was the same, you know, gushing with that living water, then this would make no sense. The apostles are saying, find seven people in the church who are known to be full, who are known to just be remaining, that they're, they're, they're drinking of Jesus, they're hungry for God, and God's at work in them. And we know people like this, and this takes effort on our part. This takes hunger. And this is, this is kind of what I want to talk about today, that the deeper life in Jesus is found in this, this idea of being hungry for God. That when you're hungry for God, God does stuff in your life. When you say, I'm going to draw near to Jesus, and I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to walk more surround, I'm going to be hungry for Him, God does stuff in deeper ways in your life than if you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to really open the Bible at all. I'm not going to really worship. I'm not going to maybe show up at church every few months. And I mean, you're probably going to see very little streams of living water flowing from your life. I mean, you might be saved. You might be a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but it's not going to be like, you're not going to be one of those people whom the leaders can say, wow, that person is doing stuff. Uh, the deeper life in Jesus is found in being, being hungry. And we see lots of promises around this. Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they will be filled. I mean, when you are hungry, God will fill you. Now, Psalm 107, for he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. I mean, is your soul hungry for God? Hunger for something more in life than just general, you know, everyday stuff? Because it's a promise the hungry soul he fills. In Psalm 81, again, this is the idea of drawing near to God and he will draw near. He says, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. In other words, we need to walk around with our mouth open. God, whatever you have for me, I want it. Not just like a little straw. We don't drink through a straw. We want as much as God wants for us. And, and this means you got to be hungry. Because if you're not drawing near to him, you're not going to sense his presence in the same way. Just as if you're not hungry, God will not fill you in the same way. And so if you want to go deeper into what God has for you, you've got to be hungry for God. You've got to walk around with your mouth open, just saying, God, whatever you have for me, I want. I want to go deeper. I want more. I, I want to live in a more close uh, way with you. And the interesting thing about being hungry is the, the more hungry you are, uh, the more hungry you get. This is how it works with God. In the natural, uh, when we're hungry, we eat lots, we get full. Right, that happened last night at the Corbins. Uh, we ate a lot and I was, it was full. 
But in the spiritual realm, the more you're hungry and the more you eat of God, the more hungry you get. Uh, when you start eating of the things of God and begin to see him move and you begin to see how he changes lives, also you get really hungry. You see, wow, God really does change lives. And God really does answer prayer. I want more of that. Uh, and this is what the psalm says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you begin to see how good he is, it just makes you hungry for more. And so if you want to get more hungry, you just got to start eating a little bit of God and, and opening up your mouth. And when you begin to taste him, you just get more hungry. Uh, for the things of God. A couple things more on hunger. Uh, you will not be spiritually strong unless you're hungry for God. And we know this in the natural, that if you don't eat for a long time, if you've ever fasted for a long time or maybe got sick for a long time, uh, your body is physically weak because you don't have nutrients. And this is the same with our soul. If you're not feasting on the things of God, your soul gets dry and, uh, and everything actually flows through your soul. I mean, uh, the, the, the Proverbs talk about how the, the soul is a, is a wellspring of life to guard your soul. I mean, you can be physically strong, but if your soul is weak, it's hard to make it through life. I mean, you might be uh, Mr. America, you know, physically strong, but man, if your soul is down and there's no life at work in there and your joy is not there, it's hard to do anything well. It's hard to do relationships well. It's really hard to just give and bless people because you just got so much turmoil inside. I mean, guess why we need to be hungry? Uh, so we're spiritually strong, and when we're spiritually strong, uh, everything flows out of that strong spiritual life. And again, our soul is super hungry for God. I mean, everyone's soul is hungry for God. I mean, it doesn't matter if you never go to church, you go to church all the time. Our soul is hungry. Sometimes people try to fill that hunger through work or through money or through pleasure or just finding all those things, but none of those things satisfy the way a rich, deep relationship with God does. Uh, Psalm 42, talking about our hungry soul. As a deer pants for flowing streams, soul, uh, so, my, uh, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. That, that's hunger. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 146, uh, 43, 6. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts like a parched land. This, this is our soul. Our souls are so hungry for Jesus. They're so hungry for Jesus because God made us. He created us. He, he made us in such a way that we can't live life in a deep, meaningful way. We can't have rivers of living water flowing through us unless our soul is satisfied through Jesus. Uh, we need Jesus. We need to walk close with, with Jesus. Our soul is hungry for Jesus. And the interesting thing is, when we're hungry for God, it's weird how things in the natural actually become more satisfying. That if you're not living for God, things in the natural, like work and money and food, just this don't seem to have the same satisfying level as when you're walking deep, because everything flows through your soul. I mean, the Bible talks about people who are eating but not satisfied. Micah 6, you will eat but not be satisfied. 
Even if you have the strength to overtake some prey, you will not be able to carry it out. Or Hosea, they will eat but not be satisfied. The people who are, have the best food in front of them, they eat it trying to fill their soul, but they're not satisfied. People who have the best job ever and, and they do it every day, but some, there's still something missing. People who go and do climb Mount Everest because they're trying to find some fulfillment in their life and there's still there's something missing. And they run and nothing seems to satisfy even in the natural. Because when you are hungry for God and your soul is satisfied in Jesus, even things in the natural actually become more satisfying. And this is uh, what it says in Ecclesiastes. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? With him... You can eat, and, and you just find satisfaction even in the foods you're eating. You decide, you, all of a sudden, you begin to find satisfaction in your job that's not perfect. All of a sudden, you begin to find satisfaction in just even in the natural realm. And this is what Matthew 6 says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, be hungry. And all these things, and he's talking about natural things. Food, clothing, in context. He's talking about natural things. All these things will be given you as well. That when you hunger and thirst after God, not only is your soul satisfied, but somehow that satisfaction begins to spread and you begin to be satisfied just in life in general. Your food becomes more satisfying. Your job becomes more satisfying because it, your, everything flows through what God is doing in your, in your life. Now, hunger also uh, is a sign of both physical and spiritual health. Uh, when you're in the natural, you're not hungry, it usually means that you're probably sick or diseased. And it's a sign that there's probably ill health in your body. And it's the same in the spiritual realm. That if you're not hungry for God, it may be that you are sick and diseased in your spirit. Uh, it may be that there is... Uh, something that's just not kingdom that has gotten a grip of you. Maybe Satan, as we've talked about through this, has gotten a foothold in your life and he has quenched your hunger for God. And Jesus, again, would just throw out the invitation. And it doesn't matter how dark and deep you're in sin right now or how uh, much of a grip Satan has on you, he throws out the invitation, come to me and drink. If you're weary and carrying heavy burdens, take my yoke on you and I will give you rest. I will give you forgiveness. I will give you strength. I will renew you. Just come to me. This isn't about, you're not going to try harder. I'm just gonna, this is about just allowing Jesus to work in you. Just to open wide your mouth and allow him to fill it. Now, sometimes in the, in, in the natural, we're not hungry because we've been snacking all day. I mean, you ever do that for a Christmas dinner? Maybe you did it this year. You know, maybe some people put together the most amazing dinner because you've been eating pretzels and chocolate all day. When it came to the most amazing meal, you just weren't hungry because you were snacking on all the little things. And, and that can happen in the, in the spiritual realm, too, where we so fill our lives with snacks because there's a lot of snacks in this world of Disneyland world we live in. And there's so many fun things to do and see and do. And we can so fill our world with snacks that when Jesus lays out the banqueting table of stuff and just, there's living water here, I want to bless you. We're like, I just don't have time. You know, I'm not quite hungry right now. I'm eating all this other stuff. And it robs us of spiritual strength. We miss out on what God wants to do. And so when you're hungry for God, if you're hungry for God today, it's a really good sign of your spiritual world. If you're not hungry for God, you just got to begin open. We're going to talk in a moment how, how to be hungry. 
Oh, there it is. How to get hungry. If you first think about the natural, if you're not hungry, one way you can get hungry is you think about food. I mean, if you're full, well, maybe just me, if I'm full, if I start thinking about something really yummy, like a really good burger or tiramisu or cheesecake or Cara's cheesecake, uh, I'll get hungry. Uh, or Shannon's bean dip that we can never get the recipe from. I mean, if you think about the right food, uh, you just get hungry. And this is the same in the spiritual realm. Just think about, like the testimony, what God has done for you, how much he loves you. Uh, you think about some of the answered prayers, and if you don't have a lot, think about how God has answered so many prayers in our midst this year. Think about how God has changed lives. Think about how God is on the move and things he's done. And you, just, you just think about spiritual food, and sometimes that makes you hungry because you're like, I want that in my life. Uh, you can place food before you. Um, uh, again, I might not be hungry. I might say, I don't want dessert, but if someone puts the right dessert in front of me, all of a sudden I get hungry. And it's the same thing in the spiritual realm. Place food before you. You might not feel like going to church on Sunday morning, but place spiritual food before you. Just go. And, uh, and you may not want to go to a midweek group, and you're like, no, I don't, I just, but just go. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times, you know, for Bible study or midweek groups, I'm like, I don't want to go. I just want to stay home. But whenever I go, I'm like, I'm so glad I went. I mean, you just got to force yourself sometimes to put food, just open your Bible and say, I'm going to read one verse. That's all I feel like. And just read it. And just ponder it, and you might find yourself getting more hungry. Maybe you only got two minutes, just two minutes. Throw on a, a YouTube video worship song and say, you know, I'm just going to do this, and you might find yourself getting hungry. Just put spiritual food in front of you, and you might find yourself getting hungry. Number three, uh, you may just need to recognize your need to eat. In the natural, again, if you don't eat food, it's just not good for you after a while. And so we know that I need to eat to be healthy, and so we eat. You should also realize that in the spiritual realm, and even more so. Uh, Jesus talked about my food, it comes from heaven. Uh, because everything, again, flows out of your soul. And we need to be feeding your soul, and just to recognize that, yeah, I need to eat for, and I need to maybe do some exercise, at least I got to get off the couch and go to the fridge and back, at least I got to do something to keep my heart going. And I mean, there's certain things you got to do. What about your soul? Are you feeding your soul? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit in into your life to recognize your need? And number four is to get around hungry people. I don't know about you, but this is the one thing that makes me most hungry sometimes. It's just to get around people who are hungry for God. Because appetite is contagious. It's pretty hard when you're like sitting around, everybody's just like, oh, this is the best. And you're just like, I mean, you just want to eat it. <laughs> I mean, you get around people who are just like, God is so good. You talk to Lyle every day. Lyle, you know, it's like Lyle's just like, man, you should see what God did this week, you know. Uh, people are just hungry. You get around them, you're like, I want more of that in my life. Uh, you get around people who aren't hungry, they're just like, well, I'm not hungry. It's it, contagious. All of a sudden, you find yourself not hungry. If you want to get hungry for God, get around hungry people. Find out who is hungry in this group and just connect with them. And just you can, every Sunday, just say, hey, what did God do in your life this week? And hungry people will probably say, he did this, or I saw this, I felt this, or I heard this. Hungry people have stories. People who are not hungry are like, well, five years ago, I think, I think I felt something. 
you know. <laughs> uh, they just won't have it. Get around hungry people. Uh, whatever you're going to do this year, you've got to stir up your hunger. Keep yourself hungry. Don't feel hungry. Think about spiritual food. Place food before you. Recognize your need to eat. Get around hungry people. And I'll just read this verse and be done. And here's a command to be hungry. First Peter. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. Why should you be hungry? Why should you crave milk? Why should you crave food? So that by it, you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And you taste God, there is so much more. If you're just ankle deep, how about go knee deep? If you're knee deep, go waist deep. If you just want to jump in, I tell you, the God has so much for you. He wants to bless you and do incredible things in and through you this year. But he's inviting you, come to me. Let's go swimming in the work of the Spirit. So, Father, we just pray over us this morning. God, I pray you create a hunger in our lives. God, I, I pray that you would break any uh, non-hunger in us. God, that you would just have our soul so thirsty for you that we just can't get enough. God, every day that our souls would just say, I want more, I want deeper. God, I want to see what you can do in and through me. And maybe just in your own words, just in the silent, just... Pray your own prayer of hunger uh, to God in this, in this time. Father, we know that these prayers of hunger are absolutely in line with your will. And God, you promise that if we pray anything according to your will, you hear us. And so God, we thank you that you are going to answer these prayers of ours. And I thank you, God, that you're going to make us hungry. And I thank you, God, that when we open wide our mouths, that you are faithful and true to fill us. And so we, God, just invite you in deeper ways into our life. In Jesus' name. Amen.